Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of About Admissions, our podcast about college, college admissions, and uh, how to tie a bow tie. We're your co-hosts. I'm Drew. I'm Kirk, and if you'd like to call into the show, here's the bat phone, 617-982-3662. Do people even know what the bat phone is anymore? Nope. I don't know. So you ask us anything about admissions, and today we've got um, a guest host on the show. We have uh, Kent Barnes, actually W. Kent Barnes from Augustana College. He's the vice president of, I mean, he's, well, actually, Kent, what is your title? Your title is so long these days. I've absolutely, I mean, it seems like you're doing everything at the school. What are, what, are, what are you doing there now? Well, it, it is a long title. I, I serve as executive vice president, but my that, that's, that's only one part of my job. My real job is vice president of enrollment, communication, and planning. And the, the planning uh, consists of campus master planning as well as strategic planning. Uh, so as a, a place that's exclusively undergraduate, it's nice to have a role uh, in planning because that impacts uh, recruitment and admissions. Mm. Interesting. Mm, that's good. I would just go with Grand Poobah. Grand Poobah. Well, that's a great title too, yeah. And actually, he was the Grand Poobah for a for a for a hot minute, right? You were acting president of Augustana for uh, a number of months, weren't you? That, that's right. My my boss, Steve Balls, who's the president of Augustana College, uh, was on a sabbatical during the summer of 2012, and I, I got a taste of being a college president. How, uh, how was that? It, it was a it was a great experience. It was an interesting experience. Um, you, you sort of think you know what that might be like, um, uh, but when you're in that that seat, uh, so to speak, you, you get a whole different sense. So in other um, words, it, in other words, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was eye opening. Uh, you, you work with a lot of different stakeholders. Um, a lot more day to day interaction with uh, members of the board of trustees, uh, who of course uh, steward an institution mission and and vision and uh, you also have to make some some decisions the good news for everybody including everybody in the augustana community is that this was during the summer so uh, the <laughs> summer on our college campus is still somewhat quiet and uh, i didn't have to make any any really difficult decisions um uh or or do anything grand but it was a really rewarding experience it also made me you know think about how much i love uh working with 17 and 18 year olds in the admissions and uh, recruitment process all right, all right. Oh, and for those who don't know, who aren't aware, Kent is also the author of the the uh, premier admissions blog, Bowtie Admissions. Absolutely. And do you wear a bow tie every day to the office? I, I, I do. I wear a bow tie every day. I started doing this because of my work in admissions. Is uh, it ever a clip-on? Do you tie it? You must tie it yourself. Oh, I would never, ever, ever wear a clip-on bow tie. Some days, I, I, like those lo- after those long nights at conferences, or the early in the morning, you just want to throw a clip-on on, Kent? No, you'd still tie it? Absolutely. I mean, I almost find it offensive to think about a clip-on. I see all these people wearing bow ties now, and I, I, I sort of look at those with clip-ons as, uh, with just disdain. I mean, yeah. if you're going to wear a bow tie, if you're going to make that statement, you got to tie your own. Um, you got to make an investment. you got to go all in. So, Drew, you asked the question, do I wear one every day? You bet I wear one every day. And, and not only that, if on the off chance I wear a four-in-hand tie – it will have bow ties on it. <laughs> well, how do you tie it? Are you a butterfly guy, a bat wing, club round? What's your, what's your style? Well, again, as an admissions guy, I, I can I can tie a bow tie while driving a car. Come on. <laughs> 
balance and a cup of coffee with a map and putting directions into a GPS. <laughs> so th- this is this is the way that it looks. But but honestly, I mean, the reason I wear a bow tie is is purely uh, based on admissions. Um, all those nights at college nights where every single admissions counselor looks exactly the same: yeah. khaki pants, white shirt, school tie, yeah. blue blazer. You know, somebody might have silver buttons rather than gold buttons. <laughs> but in order to stand out, I really wanted to be um, known as, as the guy with the bow tie. I mean, if they didn't remember what I said, I wanted them to remember the guy with the bow tie. And that's hence the, the bow tie admissions blog. Um, and my, my Twitter handle is, is bow tie admission as well. Well, Ken, so we want to like, we want to talk to you a little bit about your experience when, when you were a fresh, you know, and uh, a chipper, doe-eyed, a doe-eyed. rising freshman. Yeah. Rise. Yeah. Right. A senior in high school looking at colleges and, and you're from the Midwest, right? So like, what was it like? I mean, were you like, were you pushed to, to be a Husker? Were you, uh, were you, what kind of places were you looking at? What, what was the situation like way back in the, uh, what was it like the fifties you were looking at? College? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, um, the, the summer of 1987 Ooh. is when I started looking at, at colleges and with some seriousness, that's when I was a, a rising, rising senior, um, out of the gearing, that's G-E-R-I-N-G, uh, Nebraska, the, the gearing Bulldogs. I went to a small high school. Uh, there were only 136 students in my graduating class. And I would say that my guidance overall was, um, was modest at best. I mean, we had sort of a college going culture, but I'd say it was probably only 30, uh, 40% of of the students who, who graduated from my high school senior class went directly to college. And uh, in in the Midwest, of course, you mentioned the pressure to be a Husker. Well, my dad went to the university of Nebraska. My mom though, uh, went to, uh, private liberal arts college. She's actually a graduate of Augustana, um, oh, uh, which is sort of interesting. And, and I think she probably knew – what was that? Little, little nepotism. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there's, there's more of that coming. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think she knew me better than I knew myself at that time. Yeah. And she really encouraged me to look at, at – at some private colleges. Um, and, and so I, I actually looked at colleges against which against whom we compete now. So I, I, I looked all over the country. Um, I, I looked at Gustavus Adolphus in St. Peter, Minnesota, and Bethany College in Lindsburg, Kansas. And I looked at um, Augustana College in Rock Island, where I work right now. I looked at Gettysburg College in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And I looked at the University of the South in, in Sewanee, Tennessee. The reason that, that Sewanee Wani was on the list, and this has always stuck with me as an admissions person. Um, Sometime in the mid-80s, the University of the South put out this unbelievably beautiful, gorgeous coffee table book, (laughs) and and they, they sent it out to all sorts of Episcopal clergy throughout the country. So, you know, this, this gorgeous you know, inch and a half thick, wow. beautiful color pictures <laughs> book shows up in my in my house in, in Gary, Nebraska. And I don't know if either of you have ever been on Suwannee's campus, but it's like Hogwarts. It, it's gorgeous. I, I've, not, I've not been there. They have a 13,000-acre campus on top of a mountain wow. in, in, in the mountains of Tennessee. I mean, the place is just beautiful. So I, I kind of fell in love with that place. So, yeah. so th- that was sort of a, a place I was really interested in. Gettysburg, 
um, and I'll get to more of this in a minute. Uh, my uncle's actually the dean of admissions at Gettysburg. Oh, gee, oh, here we go again, kids. <laughs> what is going on? I'm yeah, terrible. yeah. So, you know, oftentimes I tell people, well, it was the only place I got in. <laughs> but, but, but truly, I, I got in to all of the colleges that I applied to except for one. Uh-oh. And, you know, you heard the list of schools, all pretty yeah. places. But, yeah. but I didn't get into I, I didn't get into the University of the South. I didn't get into Swan. Oh, the Hogwarts. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've fallen in love with this place, this coffee table book. I mean, I'm, I might as well be sleeping with this coffee table book I mean, and everything. Especially for a guy wearing a bow tie, a coffee table book is like just it's like Christmas. <laughs> so to make myself feel better about not getting into the University of the South and, and knowing what I know about college admissions now, um, I'm, I'm convinced that it was just – it was a mistake. Um, it was the wrong file in the wrong pile. There was another um, W. Kent Barnes out there. <laughs> Exactly. So, so this makes me feel better about myself, guys. Well, Mike, I mean, did they did they think you were like lifting from the collection plate or something on Sunday? It's unbelievable you didn't get in there. It, it's a good question. It's a good question. So, so what's sort of interesting about ultimately choosing a college, and I, I did all the right things. I went out and I visited and uh, you know did interviews at the places that offered interviews. Um, my college decision actually came down to choosing between Augustana. And Gettysburg. Ah. And sort of interesting, you know, I ultimately chose Gettysburg, and now I work at Augustana. <laughs> and I, I have to explain to everybody that I was actually talked into going to Gettysburg by an Augustana graduate. So my uncle, who was the dean of admissions and financial aid at Gettysburg, is a graduate of Augustana College. So back to that theme that you were talking about, oh, yeah. Kirk, there is yeah. a little bit of, of, of incest, so to speak, I mean, I uh, or nepotism uh, <laughs> so in, in this whole thing. So. Here. But clearly your life was ruined when you weren't admitted to the Dream College, right? <laughs> yes, clearly. Like, can we talk about that for a second? I was crushed. No, <laughs> you know, I, I think that the, the whole it, 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 it all happened for the right reasons. I, I ultimately had an absolutely fabulous experience at Gettysburg, and I think that's what's most important for students to think about: that the college admissions process itself is not about where you get in, and, and that's one of the things that I really um, regret that sort of public policymakers and the media sort of look at the admissions process about where you get. In yeah. um, well, our, our business isn't about necessarily uh, admitting or keeping students out. It's about identifying students who are a great fit for our institutions. And um, I, I, I guess I, I should be grateful because I ultimately ended up having a great experience in Gettysburg that I that I didn't get it at the at the University of, of the South. Although it's a you know a terrific place, but it didn't crush me um, and it didn't ruin my life. And I hope that that uh, students, prospective students, and parents recognize that um, our job in college admissions, it, simply put, is to balance what's best for the institution with what's best for a student. Yeah, and, yeah. and we've got to get that balance right every every time, every decision we make. And I think by and large, we do that pretty well Wait. across the country. Today, this admission season, when a student chooses you over the University of the South, don't you do like a little like, <laughs> dance or jig in your office a little bit? Like, I, 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 I might get up on my desk and do a little happy dance. It's yeah, that I, I might do that. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great story, Ken, and um, and excellent advice. I think that that's a great segue into 
the next portion of this show, which would be to talk with a student and uh, hear what he has to say. Yeah, normally we take a caller. Uh, luckily, today we scrambled and we have an intern here. Uh, we're at Techstars in Boston's incubator and we have a high school intern. Uh, his name's Noah from Sudbury, Mass. He's a rising senior and he's sort of still in the college search process. So, Noah. Um, why don't you introduce yourself to, to Kent and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Noah. I'm a rising senior. So what are you into? What do you do other than school? I do a lot of programming. That's kind of how I landed the internship here. I do snowboarding, hang out with my friends, typical teenager stuff. Mm. So what happened? You wear a bow tie? <laughs> Actually, prom. Yeah. Oh, you wore a bow tie to prom? Clip on? No. Oh, Kent, a man after your own heart. Hey, excellent. Good, good, good to hear, Noah. <laughs> so, Noah, do you have any questions for us or Kent? Well, I do. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I can tell. So, my question is what role does demonstrated interests like cool. tours and interviews have on your chances of getting into a college? And does that change between liberal arts colleges mm. and more focus based colleges? And does it change on the size of the college? Wow, demonstrated interest, one of my Ooh. favorite topics. Get after that one, Kent. Holy smokes. Just well, let, let me start by by sort of defining in general terms this, this whole idea of demonstrated interest. And, and um, do it without boring us too, Kent, please. Okay, I'll try to do that. Um, <laughs> when I talk to prospective students about what demonstrated interest is, I tell them that it's the Show me the love factor. Uh-huh. That that's that's what we're looking for. So so, so what what is demonstrated interest? One thing that, that that prospective students might not know is that a lot of colleges and universities, just like Amazon or anyone else, is paying attention to prospective student behavior. They're paying attention to the amount of engagement a prospective student has with them that is is initiated. Not that we're initiating, but it is initiated by the student. That's demonstrated interest. So at some places, it might be a student who does a one-on-one admissions interview. Another place, it might be how many times a student has visited campus. Some places that are really sophisticated might be able to assess demonstrated interest um, by the number of times a student visits a website um, or a particular particular link. I mean, all of those things go into the, the whole idea, the concept of, of demonstrated interest. Now, I want to be clear. There are some colleges and universities that could care less about demonstrated interest. They're not interested in the show me the love factor at all. Yeah. They have clear admissions criteria, and if you don't make that clear admissions criteria, no matter how much you show them the love, you're, you're not going to get in because their, their criteria is clear. Now, however, there are also a set of colleges and universities um, – like my institution, Augustana, which talk about how they treat demonstrated interest in the admissions and selection process. And for my institution, NOAA, um, you know, I, I want people who have shown us the love during the recruitment process because I think that they're and, and that our data would suggest that they are more likely to ultimately be happy and successful students at Augustana. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that demonstrated interest gets a bad rap from some because they say, oh, you're putting too much emphasis on a student visiting your campus. Well, yeah, duh. I mean, you know, buying buying a two hundred thousand dollar education, you know, sight unseen, 
is sort of stupid. So yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're right. We want people to come and visit our campus, and that sense of, that that part of demonstrated interest is important to us. What about, does uh, that help? Does that answer your question, Noah? Does it does? Yeah, go ahead, Kurt. I was going to say, what about like that poor kid from Garing who can't afford to go visit some places? But still, is you he's know, got the coffee table book. He's got the coffee table book. He's like, I really want to get. I love this place, but he doesn't even know that he has to show interest in order for him to be appealing to a college. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I, I think that it's very important for people to understand um, that those populations that might be first in their family to go to college might be from rural areas, might be from further away. Um, they're not. They're not punished for not getting to campus. There are other ways to demonstrate interest and engage an admissions office short of paying for a plane ticket to go and visit campus. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's a really important point. And, and it's, it, it sometimes becomes a red herring when uh, one of my colleagues on the college counseling side says, no college should uh, be looking at demonstrated interest. Uh, the college admissions process should be all based on merit and the credentials that a student presents. Well, college admissions hasn't been a, a meritorious um, uh, endeavor in, in decades, uh, or, or we wouldn't be looking at things like legacy admit and athletic yeah, admit and music admits. Uh, so this is just another element, and, and we're, we're smart enough, particularly at smaller colleges, to, to know which students we should really be saying, gosh, you know, why didn't this student from the Chicago suburbs, uh, we're about two and a half hours from Chicago, uh, an affluent student from the Chicagoland suburbs, why haven't they visited? You know, that's a fair question for us to ask, and, and, and I think uh, in that respect, it, it's, a, it, it's a, a statement that maybe they're not as interested in us as we'd like them to be. And we're not going to ask the same question for the student who's applying from Idaho. Yeah. Uh, when that, that folder comes across our, our, our desk, we're not going to say, gosh, why hasn't this student visited? We understand that. But we might say, have we had any email exchanges with the student? Has the student been responsive to our phone calls? Uh, has the student signaled that they do hope to visit after being admitted? You know, those are all fair things to, to be thinking about. Noah, any final questions from you there, bud? I do not believe so. We, we solved all your your anxieties today? Yeah. You feeling much better about <laughs> applying to college? No. He's zen. He's very zen. Very awesome. Zen. <clears throat> Well, thank you so much. Um, I think it's. I think we sh we should wrap this wrap this up with a pretty little bow tie. I think this show. <laughs> that's a, that's about all the time we've got for today. You can find it about admissions on SoundCloud or iTunes. Actually, if you're listening to this, you've already found us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, special thanks to Ken Barnes. I never did get a chance to ask Ken what the W stands. What does the W stand for, Ken? It stands for winner. <laughs> <For the win. laughs> from WF winner Ken Bar don't, don't leave it at that I love that leave it at that inspiration for today's show is provided by the Augustana Vikings I would also say the Gettysburg Bullets 
Yeah, there you and, go. And then also all of Kent's relatives who greased the palms that had get him into college. Agnogena <laughs> <laughs> is usually provided by college rankings, tuition hikes, standardized tests, and homework. Special thanks to our surgeon of sound, the one and only Anna Drummond. We hope you're leaving us a little more informed and a lot more relaxed. Be sure to catch us next week as we'll have a lot more to say about admissions. 